Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, City Church. Thank you for joining us for part one of our series that we have called Legacy. Now, I'm super excited about this series. I'm excited about every series that we do, but I'm excited about this one. Uh, last December, had a dream about, not a dream, like I was asleep, just an idea, a God idea. Uh, you have to explain everything nowadays. <laughs> just about this series and doing it this June. Um, and I have some specific things that we're going to be talking about this month and just super excited uh, for what God has placed on my heart for this series. Now, if you don't know, in that intro, that is my parents. My parents pastored here at this church for 20 years, uh, starting in 1989, before I took over the lead role 13 years ago this October. And, you know, we have a, a tremendous legacy here at our church, partly because of my parents' faithfulness. And we'll talk more um, in this series about that. Um, but when we think about the legacy that we have as the church in 2021, it's truly an amazing thing to think about that the church from, you know, its birth on the day of Pentecost, 120 people in the upper room waiting for the given, giving of the Holy Spirit to now. It's an amazing story that we have the gospel message that we know about Jesus. Um, this, this unlikely group of people uh, that God poured his spirit out upon him. That's a likely group that Jesus' disciples, who were 12 and then they were 11, that they were tasked with uh, building, being the leaders of the church, and then we get to be part of that today. And then think, how did we get here? That we can have a church, that we can worship freely in a great nation, um, that somebody came before us, somebody actually produced a legacy so that we could be here today, that we could be preaching and singing and watching. Uh, somebody sacrificed, somebody served, somebody wrestled through the doubts of their faith, somebody shared their faith with somebody else that we could actually know Jesus today. And we have been given this tremendous legacy as part of the body of Christ. And kind of the question of this series is, do we honor it? And then do we embrace the responsibility to be able to pass it to the next generation? Will I do the same thing? Will, will I be a part of this great legacy, this baton passing of the church throughout the history? So in this series, we're going to be talking about me as an individual and me as a part of my family, uh, uh, us, our families as a part of here, this local church and the Big C Church. But then finally, we're going to be talking about, will I embrace the gospel? Do I know that the gospel is the solution to the problems in the world today? Do I know that the gospel is the problems for the things that are plaguing me and for my family and what's going on in our world today? Embracing all of these things to create a legacy for future generations. Now, something we're doing uniquely with this series that we've actually never done before is we're going to do something all month long in the month of June called the Legacy Offering. Now, super practically speaking, it's just a second offering we're going to be receiving every Sunday here in June. 
And um, also, practically, if you want to give in the legacy offering, and I know that you will after I explain to you what it is, when you're giving online, either through a website, uh, through the app, through your phone, when you can, when you can scan through, um, there will be, there's a pull-down menu that says tithes and offerings, and that's the default one in which you give to every week, and thank you for your continued generosity. But if you click that, there's going to be a spot there that says legacy offering. And you can give electronically to the legacy offering. And then also, if you want to give here at the church, I know some of you don't give through that means um, that you give automatic giving. And so if you want to come to the church and give at our giving kiosk, you can do that anytime, uh, Monday through Friday, um, during office hours. And you can come and give um, at the church. So let me explain to you what we're going to be doing with this legacy offering. Now, like I said, we actually have never done a capital campaign because of the miracle that is our church building. I'm not going to go into that story right now. Um, but we we're here in this building and, and we are blessed because of the building that we're in. But what we want to do with this legacy offering is that we want to be generous with the blessings that God has given to us. Um, so what we're going to be doing is four different things with this legacy offering. And again, this legacy offering is over and above your normal tithes and offerings. It's not in place of you're not going to take your tithes and offerings and give that to the legacy offering. And also, if you kind of feel you're maxed out on your giving, keep giving in your, with your regular tithes and offerings. And because of your generosity, we're actually able to operate in the black as a church family. So again, thank you for your continued generosity. But this offering is over and above. And what we want to be doing with this offering is four different things, like I said. Now, the first thing that we're going to be doing with this offering is we're going to be helping plant new churches in Canada. Uh, our Canada, which has already planted, I think, about 18 churches in Canada, we're just going to be giving to them, helping them plant some more churches in Canada. They have a great system of planting churches, and we need more churches in Canada, not less. So we're going to be doing that, and then we're also going to be supporting existing churches and pastors and staff members. And this is something, again, that's come um, from the legacy of my parents. This is something that my parents did. And we, as a church family, have an opportunity to do this. And we believe when we help other pastors and other churches, we are a blessing to those cities where those churches are. So we're going to be giving about 20% of, of the offering, the legacy offering that comes in to other churches, helping support other local churches. And then the second thing we're going to be doing is we're going to be supporting local good works here in our city. Um, Eden Food for Change that we did a food drive for a couple weeks ago, that's one of the areas that we're going to be giving. You know, there's a lot of people struggling with food security right now in our, re our region. So us giving to Eden Food for Change that will help feed people in our region. That's a good thing to do. Jesus said, you know, we've done these things. To the least of these, we're doing it unto him, offering somebody a glass of water, offering somebody a meal. We're doing that in the name of Jesus. And there's other uh, things in our city that we're going to be doing. One of the things, one of the dreams that I have um, with this legacy offering, and this is, has to do with our Christmas this year, is that I would love for us and, and once again, all of this will depend on how much that comes in in our legacy offering. I would love to give a single mom in our city a car. Maybe somebody who's struggling with some things and uh, just go in and bless them and pay, you know, maybe for a year's worth of gas, pay for their insurance. How many think that would be a really good thing to do? 
And then the third thing we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing some international things, things around the world, people that are preaching gospel, people that are doing good things in the name of Jesus. We know that Samaritan's Purse is one of those organizations that we support, uh, that they go in after natural disaster. They're going in different places that are struck heavy right now with COVID-19, and they're setting up medical things and doing all of these good works, and they come in the name of Jesus. There's other uh, justice organizations that are doing good things around the world that we're going to support them, that they're coming and coming in the name of Jesus to do good things. And so we're going to be supporting organizations uh, that are doing that. And then the final thing that we're going to be doing with the Legacy Offering is we're going to be doing some upgrades here in our building. Now, there's one area in our building that we actually never renovated 10 years ago. Uh, we were actually renovating this building 10 years ago. We'll be ce- celebrating our 10th anniversary in the building next February. Um, th- is the bathrooms upstairs. Now, those bathrooms are literally 30 years old. Our building is 30 years old. And so those bathrooms have just fixed here some 30 years ago. And it's just, it's time for an update. And, you know, if you had a 30-year-old bathroom in your house, you would think the same thing. And so that's one of the areas that we want to update here in our building. Um, There are some flooring uh, issues in our kids' ministry area that we want to update. I'm so excited to have the kids back sometime this year, hopefully. back ministering to them, and so we want to update some things in our kids' ministry area, and then again, based on the amount of money that comes in, there's, um, we want to update our lobby flooring. Now, I know our lobby flooring, when it gets wet, it's not the best. People have slipped out there, so we kind of want to address that. And again, these are all good things that we are doing um, with this offering, and it is all about generosity. Now, I have a challenge for you as it relates to this legacy offering. None of this none of this legacy offering comes to me or it's not going to our, our staff members. And so I have a challenge for you um, as it relates to generosity. Now, before COVID, we were av- averaging about 600 adults on the Sunday, and we were actually thinking about going to a third service. We had about 600 adults, 200 kids every Sunday. So I have a challenge for all of the adults that attend our church. All right, and it is this, like over the next four weeks, if, if you give at least $25 a week to the legacy offering, that's $100 over the month of June, that is a $60,000 offering. And that is an easy thing for us to do. My daughter, who has a part-time job, can easily give $25 a week. In fact, I'm actually going to require it. She's not paying any rent right now. She has no big expenses, so she can definitely give in the legacy offering. And, and then I also have a challenge um, just for, you know, business people in our church, people that feel like they have the gift of giving. How do I know that I have the gift to give? To have a generous spirit, and then I have some resources. You have the gift of giving. So Nicole and I, we're going to commit to giving at least three times that. And we're going to give more than that. I'm just not going to tell you how much. And so my challenge is, my wife tells me that not everything is a competition, but it's going to kind of make this a competition. You don't want your pastor to outgive you, do you? So if we get three times that, we can get to 180000 Now, How many think we could do a lot of good things with $180,000? And we could easily go beyond that. But I have a challenge for you. Above your normal tithes and offerings, let's do really good things with this legacy offering. And as we uh, disperse this legacy offering, we will be letting you know what we are doing. It's just an exciting time, and we can just accomplish a lot of good things through generosity. And this this last week was an example of that. If you followed along with us on social media, you know, we put out uh, that Tim's gift card um, 
barcodes for you to be able to pay for somebody behind you in the drive through line. And we had over a hundred of you participate in that just to be a blessing in our city. Now just think about all of the good things that happened because of that small good that you did. You know, we heard stories of people paying for somebody behind them and somebody like driving up catching up to them just to be so, thank you so much for paying for me. And that's what I think the church should do. The church should create ripples of goodness. Now, I know we can look at the history of the church, and the, the history of the church is littered uh, with a bunch or, uh, of bad things. But what we can do in the church in 2021, we can do a bunch of good things. We don't, we don't have to keep doing those bad things, but we can do good things. Preaching the gospel, being a blessing to our city, uh, being a blessing around the world. And so that's what we want to commit to with our legacy offering. So will you take the challenge with me during the month of June? I know I have at least one taker in my daughter who has no choice. <laughs> All right. So as we think about legacy, the legacy that we are creating, even if you don't care about legacy, you're creating one. What you do now and what you are choosing to do and what you're choosing to do with your life and your time and your resources actually creates a legacy for somebody that will come after you and you will leave a legacy. Now, as we showed in the intro there, I had a, a, a bunch of discussions with my parents to talk about legacy as a principle and some things that went here on the church. And we will be releasing some of those videos uh, during the month of June. You'll see them on Instagram, and they're also going to go up on our legacy page on our website. But one of the things I was thinking about as it relates to legacy, I, one of my dad's aunts, um, she was born in 1897. And I actually knew her fairly well. My grandfather, who was my mother's dad, who came from Finland, um, he was born in 1903, and I had a great relationship with him. So, and, but here I am still living in 2021, and as I think about my grandchildren sometime in the future, no dates uh, mentioned uh, related to that, but as I think about uh, my grandchildren who will be born sometime, what's, what's a generous time frame I could give here? Sometime in the next 20 years, that those kids will live to the year... 2100. And so there is a 200-year span where my grandfather, who had a tremendous, genuine faith in God, and my great aunt, who was a super sweet woman, who would just, you know, play with me and have, had a great influence on me, that their influence from 120 years ago will actually extend for 200 years. So what is the impact that an individual can have as it relates to embracing the goodness of God, embracing the gospel message, embracing the love of God, and then living it out, not just throwing it aside, but understanding what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, and then living that out in our lives so that it can have an impact on future generations. I think that your legacy is really important, and we should embrace this idea. We can all think about maybe a teacher or a friend that we have, or maybe somebody who wasn't our parents that we grew up with in church, that they were like, hey, they were, you know, they were always cooler than your parents. And you thought, okay, they follow Jesus, so I can follow Jesus too. And that type of uh, impact that we can think about people who have had an impact on me getting in to the faith of Jesus, whether you're starting right now or you have parents and grandparents, all who serve God that we can actually continue that legacy. We can be that person. In fact, we should be that person. 
We should be that person for someone else, for someone else to follow Jesus. If we can all look back at our lives and our history and we can think of some bad seasons of who we were and how we acted and how we thought and maybe some of the things that we um, partook of in our lives and we think, oh, that, that's the bad version of me that I actually don't want to create a legacy from that. And we all should be challenged. Do I want to repeat the things, how I'm living now, how I'm thinking now, how I'm embracing the gospel now, how I'm um, doing family right now? Do I want this to continue or would there be something else that I would want for my children? Because we are creating a legacy. And if we think about it, if you, maybe you're watching saying you're like, I have no Christian heritage. I am first generation follower of Jesus. You get to create a legacy of Christ followers because we need more Christ followers, not less. Jesus was creating a legacy through his disciples. And here's the story, friends. There's no plan B. There's nobody else coming except the church. The followers of Jesus now are the ones that Jesus is looking at, is the ones that the Holy Spirit is empowering to do the works of Christ so that we can, t- can continue the legacy of salvation, continuing the legacy of knowing God. Not just dependence of ourselves, but man, dependence on a faith in God. In, in the video that we produced uh, to promote this series, see, here is the problem. This is what happens. And this is something that we see in the book of Judges. The, the children of Israel in the book of Judges, they serve God, and then they didn't. And they serve God, and there was a generation that didn't. In, in verse 6 of chapter 2, it says, When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his own inheritance to take possession of the land. Now, who was Joshua? Joshua followed Moses. We, he's a pretty good leader, right? Very influential in the life of Joshua. In verse 7, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all of the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. So Moses influenced Joshua, who influenced other elders. So there's three generations who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him with the, within the boundaries of the inheritance of Tamanathres in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all the generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them that did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. So all of a sudden, there was a disconnect. All of a sudden, there was a disconnect from Moses, who was up on the mountain, who got the Ten Commandments. Somehow there was something that happened with the generations. There grew up a whole other generation that was somehow related to Moses that they just didn't even know God. And I feel like we should not want to be that generation. We should, be, we should want to be the type of generation, the type of church, the type of individual Christ followers, the type of families who follow God, that the knowing of God, that the relationship with God continues. Because we are going to have about a 200-year effect that we want to continue for centuries and centuries. So what we do now is really important. What we do with our lives right now is really important because we don't want to be like this generation. We want to be a generation that creates ripples of goodness. We want to be the generation that stands up for the gospel, the strength of the gospel message, the importance of the gospel message, who Jesus is, what he has done, and we can create a legacy 
with our attention and with our affection and with our passion that can continue for centuries. And see, you can look maybe in your own family, if you have a, a Christian family or, you know, you have maybe some Christian grandparents, most likely there's a grandchild or two that you can look at that they're not actually continuing the legacy of faith. So we don't want to be like those people in the book of Judges. We want to be intentional about the legacy that we are creating. So here's God's intention. Psalm 22, verse 30. Posterity shall serve him. What is that? It means future generations. Future generations shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That he has done it. So we're not only making plans to minister to the children here at our church and the students here at our church and the adults here at our church, but man, we want to make plans for the kids that aren't even born yet. We want them to know the Lord. We want to be the type of church that can survive a generation. That the gospel message will continue. That the love of God will continue. That what Jesus has accomplished for us will continue Past the time that we breathe. What are we doing? We're creating a legacy. This is God's plan for us. This is God's plan for the church. Psalm 22, verse 30. Our children and their children will get in on this as the word is passed along from parent to child, babies not yet conceived. We'll hear the good, the good new that God does what he says. The children not yet born, that we're going to pass down something to our children and our grandchildren. Now, I have great plans. Again, I'm, I'm not rushing for grandchildren. So my girls that are watching, not rushing. But I am planning a couple things for my grandchildren. We're going to play golf together. We're going to play some road hockey together. And then I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. Those are really important things. The golf is fun, but it's secondary. And I really, I really, in my heart of hearts, I know that our relationship with God is better than not. I've lived it and I've observed it. And I know that Jesus is the way, that he is the actual way. And I can just do the golf. And do my all about that, but there's so much more to a legacy than just those things. See, this is why I want us to be challenged with the legacy offering. See, we, we could do some, we're going to do some great things here at our church. We're going to fix up our building, but think about all of the good things that we can do with the legacy offering in our nation and around the world. How many ripples of goodness can we create? I feel like we're challenged to do that. I feel like we need to think about that. Generations yet unborn. That we could be a part of planting churches in Canada for people not born yet. We need to be thinking about that and planning for it and be intentional about it. Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation shall command your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. This is what God has done for me. And we're going to tell that to the next generation. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. See, this is God's intention for the church. Not that we, as adults, 
here at the City Church, that we get our favorite sermon preached, or we get to sing our favorite song, that we see something about faithfulness to all generations, that my faith will go just beyond me. That my faith, the, the genuine faith that I would have, it would go to people in the church, it would go to families and kids and grandkids. And then all of us would be engaged in this idea because this is God's intention. We can see in Judges, this is the problem. And we've observed this. This is the problem. But God's intention is different than the problem, that he wants his faithfulness to be known to all generations. See, God is working on the family and friends plan. Now, you've all been invited to some sale at somebody's store who's working retail, and what is it? Friends and family. And so we all get in on the sale because we're friends and family. And God is doing the same thing with the gospel, with knowing God. He's working on the friends and family plan that we can have influence in the people within our sphere, within our family, within our friend group, with people that we are working with. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 says this, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that, me, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised to him. See, God saw something in Abraham. Why did he choose him? This is one of the reasons that God chose Abraham, that he knew that he would command his children after him. And this should be true of us, that we have this choice, that we're creating a legacy whether we want to or not. There's something that's going to, that all of the people that we come in contact can be blessed by the legacy that we are leaving. How much good can we do? How much gospel can we preach? How many ways can we point people to Jesus? I feel like we should take up that challenge. I feel like we are the ones that God has given this responsibility to. And I don't mean just the city church. I mean everybody living today who's following Jesus. But we have our part to play. See, faith has been handed to us. This, this faith in God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 says this, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors. With a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. So Paul is writing to Timothy. And he has observed in Timothy a three-generation faith. That the reason that I follow Jesus today is not because my parents forced me to. It's because in my grandfather, Toivo, and in my grandmother, Finnish pronunciation, Tuna, and Iola, and Earl, all of them served God. And then my parents, Earl and Esther, they served God. And then my sister, Sherry, and I served God. Don't we want that to continue? Or are we just going to become secular and somehow think that's going to solve a problem? You know, that we have this faith, that we have this genuine faith, that it, it existed first there in, in my grandmother and my grandfather and then in my parents and then in me. 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoners, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us into a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of our own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, for which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. See, if you have a grandmother or a grandfather that served God, something has been entrusted to you because of them. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have, have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Guard the good, the deposit entrusted to you. And this is what I have to say to every church kid out there. Get over your criticism and dive into Jesus. He is the one that saves us. He is the one that has separated all history. He is the all-powerful Son of God. Forget your criticisms and find out who Jesus is. And have your own faith and your parents and your grandparents has given you the greatest gift possible to follow Jesus. Make it your own. See, I have no expectation of this happening to my parents, but if all of a sudden right now, my parents, <laughs> this is a silly thing to think about, but my parents at 83 and 81 and were like, we changed our minds on Jesus. My faith is not in what my parents, I'm still following Jesus. My parents go crazy. And they're watching right now. I'm not expecting it, mom and dad. But I'm still following Jesus. My faith is not in my parents. My faith is in Jesus. It's my own. Thank God for what my grandparents did and my parents did. But man, this faith is my own. So all the church kids out there that have a little bit of angst about church and about being forced to go to church and wearing a suit and wearing a dress all of the time, forget about all of that and find out who Jesus is. Something has been given to us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the world as a hard-working farmer who ought to have the share of the crops. As Paul again is talking to Timothy, and he says to this young pastor, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that is my cry as a pastor. This is why we want you to serve. This is why we want you to give. This is why we want you to be part of a church family. Because that all of us together have been entrusted with something. We've been entrusted with this message. We've been entrusted with the gospel. 
we've been entrusted with this idea that we know that Jesus changes lives more than any law that the country can make. This has been entrusted to us, that we would teach others also. So for all the second and third generation sons and daughters out there, and we need to embrace this responsibility. Our grandparents and our parents have left us a legacy. And we're here and we know God because of them. Are we just going to shirk all of that? Are we just going to disregard it all? Are we going to know the the gospel message is the way? famous story here in the Old Testament between two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. We'll finish with this. Elijah preceded Elisha. And Elisha asked for a double portion of what was on Elijah's life. He had twice as many miracles as Elijah. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 12, and Elijah saw, saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen and he saw him no more. But Elijah was translated into the presence of God. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen to him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. When he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen, that had fallen him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He had struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and the other. And Elisha went over. So Elisha was blessed because of the faithfulness of Elijah. And he picked up something that was left behind. See, for us, second, third, fourth generation, the followers of Jesus, see, the thing that we picked up from our ancestors And the thing that we picked up from the early church in the book of Acts is that Jesus is the way. That Jesus is the ultimate answer. That Jesus is the gospel message. It is entangled in Jesus. That he is the only way to salvation. That he is the only way to true life change. And we need to pick that up. You see, we need to think like Elijah, twice as many miracles as Elijah generation that lives now, we need to think, you know what? We can reach twice as many people as our parents did. Thank God for the work that our parents did, but we can do twice as much. And it's not because of us, it's because of a legacy that was left to us. The, the blessings that were left to us from the previous generation, that we could create an impact with the gospel, that we can create an impact with the good things that we do, the legacy offering. And we could do twice as many things. This is what we need to think about for the legacy that we are creating for the next generation. That's why we want to help other local churches, because we don't just care about ourselves. We want to do twice as much. We want to duplicate ourselves and multiply ourselves. We want to do good things in our city in the name of Jesus. Why? Because people need to be fed in the name of Jesus. We want to do good things around the world. Why? Because people need to know about Jesus. And we need to know, people around the world need to know that people come in the name of Jesus to do good things. And we can have twice as much impact 
is the generation that has gone before us if we embrace this idea. If we take up the responsibility, if we pick up the cloak. And what Elijah says, like, where is the Lord God of Elijah? So it was actually about God. Thank God for the generations that went before us, but in our own relationship with God that we can live out today and that we can impact our children and our grandchildren and our friends and our family and the city and the nation and the world as we create a legacy for God. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for Jesus today. We thank you that he originated salvation, that he originated the church, that we can know you today, that we can have a relationship with you today after 2,000 years. We are so thankful for that, Lord. We honor that. We honor the previous generations that have gone before us, that have sacrificed and gave and served, that we can be here in 2021 hearing the gospel, sharing in the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. Thank you for that, Lord. God, we pray that you use us as individuals and families and the church. That we can create the impact that you intend for us as we continue to live our lives for you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are watching this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, maybe you're watching and you're thinking, you know what, I don't have a grandma or a grandpa who followed Jesus or we don't have a parent. You know, you can start today. The greatest thing that you can do today is to start a relationship with God. And this is what the gospel message, this is what the good news is all about. That all of us, none of us are good enough or holy enough to qualify for a relationship with God on our own. But the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus who came and lived this sinless life died on a cross, took our place, and God raised him from the dead so we can actually have a relationship with God for ourselves, and it comes as a gift. God just offers it to us, and all we have to do is say yes. So I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second, and I invite you into this wonderful journey of faith to say yes to Jesus. So if you've never done that before, bow your head and close your eyes wherever you're watching, and you pray this out loud with me. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he lived a sinless life. And he died on a cross. And you raised him from the dead. So I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to a brand new life legacy. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and turn from my own. Thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at City Church GTA. Thanks again for joining us.